Welcome to the Mountain Park Church Podcast. We're excited to share this week's message with you. Our mission is to allow God to work in and through us, and we'd love to hear your story of how God has been working in or through you. Email us at mystory@mp.church and tell us how God has been working in and through you. Well, we're so grateful to spend this time uh, with you today, and um, we've just been tracking through a little bit of the Christmas story, and uh, if you've gone to church for any period of time, you've probably heard parts of this story, and even if you've never been to church before and you're here, we just especially want to say thank you for uh, just spending this evening with us, um, and we just... We're here tonight to talk about uh, Jesus, really. We're not here to kind of pontificate about our own lives or to, um, you know, just be rah, 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 hey, 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 everything is good. We're here to actually just take a few moments to reflect on what God really did when he incarnated himself into humanity, when God took on Flesh. I don't think we fully grasp that a lot, a lot of the time. Um, if you just stop for a moment to think about this thing called the virgin birth, like none of that makes sense from a human perspective. It makes zero sense. But what we're going to just reflect on tonight and just talk really briefly about is the reality that God is the God of the impossible and that he actually wants to do things in your life and in my life that defy logic, that go beyond our capacity and our ability, that go beyond our rational thinking sometimes. God doesn't want us to throw rationality out the window and just become uh, dummies, but he actually wants to go beyond what we understand. He wants to challenge us to step further out into the things that we don't know so that we can discover just how strong he is. And if you have a Bible, um, you can turn with me. If not, it'll be up on the screen. But um, we're just going to turn to the book of Luke for a few minutes tonight. And I actually want to spend a bit of time just reflecting on these two significant births that happened at the time of Jesus. Jesus' birth was the most significant, and it still is, but there was a second birth before Jesus that was significant as well and had the fingerprints of a supernatural God on it. In the book of Luke, Luke was a doctor and a historian and Luke is recounting from a historical standpoint. He's compiled this book in the book of Acts as a historical reference point for that time in antiquity. And so Luke says this in Luke chapter 1, verse 5. We're going to start in verse 5. When Herod was king of Judea, there was a Jewish priest named Zechariah. He was a member of the priestly order of Abijah, and his wife, Elizabeth, was also from the priestly line of Aaron. So Luke is just establishing here that he's got the credentials necessary. Their family line have the credentials necessary. Zachariah and Elizabeth 
were righteous in God's eyes, careful to obey all the Lord's commandments and regulations. They had no children because Elizabeth was unable to conceive, and they were both very old. Verse 8, one day Zechariah was serving God in the temple, for his order was on duty that week. So what they did back in those days with the priests who served in the temple, their, their family clan would get called, and they would get called twice a year. So they would get called to their sort of their duty two times a year, and they would make their way from their homes into Jerusalem, where the temple was, and report to duty. And so Zechariah, this is his second time in this year that he's been called to perform his priestly duty that he's been trained for, that he's been uh, brought up under his whole life. As was the custom of the priests, he was chosen by lot to enter the sanctuary of the Lord and burn incense. While the incense was being burned, a great crowd stood outside praying. I just want to make a note here um, that I find is really intriguing. So, so he shows up to do his... Uh, Functional duty uh, at this time of the year. He shows up and he's there. They draw lots uh, and he gets assigned the role of burning incense. Now, this was not insignificant. And the role of burning incense was essentially creating an atmosphere of prayer. It's essentially what they were doing is they would burn incense as a fragrant offering of prayer to God. So not only would the priest burn incense inside the temple where he was, but people would be outside praying and they'd be praying for the fulfillment of the promises of God in their life and in their nation. What's really significant about this is this was an event that happened one time only in the priest's life. This wasn't something he did every year. He didn't get called to this specific function of duty uh, more than one time in his life. So this was a moment for Zachariah. This was a big deal moment. His whole life had been working toward this moment when he would get the opportunity on behalf of his whole family and on behalf of his whole nation to go into the temple and offer prayer to God. This was everything that he'd been working toward his whole life up to this point, leading to this moment, never to happen again. And Zechariah goes in and he begins to perform these duties that he's been trained to do. He's been trained since he was small to understand how to be religious and to work within the religious structures and systems of his day. And so he goes in and he performs his duty, this high, high calling, this great honor that would only happen once in his life. It says that, as I find my verse... If I just say the word slow enough, my brain will catch up to where I am. <laughs> While the incense was being burned, a great crowd stood outside praying. While Zechariah was in the sanctuary, an angel of the Lord appeared to him standing to the right of the incense altar. Zechariah was shaken, obviously, and overwhelmed, for sure, with fear when he saw him. 
But the angel said, don't be afraid, Zechariah. God has heard your prayer. Your wife, Elizabeth, will give you a son and you are to name him John. So this supernatural encounter event happens. So Zechariah is doing what he's been trained to do. This is like um, everything that he's been working for in his professional career and in his life is all coming to a head right in this moment. And in this moment, God takes everything that Zechariah had been working toward and he adds this supernatural twist on it. This angel shows up and has a conversation with Zachariah in a sense to say, look, I know that you've been working your whole life toward this. I know that you've been planning and strategizing and I know that you've been waiting. I know that you've been praying day after day, year after year, decade after decade for a child. And I want you to know that God has heard your prayers. And it isn't because you've been preparing yourself with religious practice and religious duty that that you have this honor that God is giving you. It's because God has set you apart for a great purpose. God has made you Zachariah, not for this moment to perform your religious duty, but he's made you to carry something of supernatural value that will have eternal consequence, that will far outlive your life. There had been hundreds and thousands of priests that offered prayers of incense to God. It was nothing new for God. It was nothing new for the nation. It was a great honor for Zechariah. But God was about to kind of explode into his life and say, yeah, you've been working toward this and this is really good, but I've made you for a purpose. I've made you for a reason. I have a vision for your life that's so much greater than even this great honor that you are taking part in. And so this old priest, Zechariah, hears these words from the angel. I wanna just skip ahead a few verses. This angel tells him exactly what's going to happen, exactly what his son is going to be like, and he gives him very detailed and specific parameters for this son's life. And then in verse 18, Zechariah said to the angel, how can I be sure that this will happen? I'm an old man now, and my wife is also well along in years. So like it's not significant enough that there's an angel literally visiting him and speaking to him like they're, you know, bros and friends. He's saying, look, I need a sign from you. Like you standing here physically talking to me is not enough. I've been praying for this for 50 years. I've been working toward this my whole life. This is like the one thing that I've been working toward. I don't want to leave anything, anything out of this equation. I need a sign from you. I need something more. I need something substantive. I I need proof, God. I need proof. And watch what this angel says to Zechariah. The angel said, I am Gabriel. This is the second time Gabriel's been used by name in the whole Bible. The other time was in the book of Daniel in the Old Testament. I'm Gabriel. I stand 
in the very presence of God. I'm not coming from some backwater place in the middle of nowhere. I stand in the very presence of God. It was he, God, who sent me to bring you this good news. But now, since you didn't believe what I said, you will be silent and unable to speak until the child is born. For my words will certainly be fulfilled at their proper time. Zechariah, you've got it backwards. You've got things twisted around. God is a God who asks you to go and then he'll show you. But you're saying, God, show me and then I'll go. God, if you show, I'll go. God, if you show up in this way, then I'll believe in you. God, if I can see evidence of this, then I'll believe in you. And God is saying, no, 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 the nature of faith and the nature of the life that I'm calling you to is to go and then trust me to show. Zechariah had been literally living his whole life in preparation spiritually to be used by God. And then at the very moment that God intersects with his life in a supernatural way, his fear of the angel turns to doubt. And he says, I don't know if all this religious construct that I've built is sufficient enough. He'd been trained in reading the Old Testament. He knew the Bible backwards and forwards. He knew his duty backwards and forwards. But the moment that God said, step outside of yourself in faith, Zechariah said, I don't know if I can. And God is saying, Zechariah, you go and then you trust me to show. And I don't know about you, but I can just chart in my life those times where I've been immobilized by fear and doubt, where I've been immobilized and I said, God, I, I, I need to see more. I'm not even moving from this spot until I see something concrete from you. And I'm convinced that I've missed dozens and dozens of supernatural encounters in my life because I've been unwilling to go before God shows Let's skip ahead here in Luke, later on in this chapter. Verse 26, in the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, so Zachariah's wife gets pregnant. We don't know exactly how old they are, but they say they're quite old. She gets pregnant supernaturally from union between Zachariah and her. I won't go into further detail tonight. All right. <laughs> My kids are sitting right in the front. We're going to have that talk soon. All right. In the sixth month of Elizabeth, right on the plane tomorrow, guys. How about that, hey? <laughs> My wife is losing her mind right now. I love you, honey. All right. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth. So Gabriel's on assignment again in a village of Galilee to a virgin named Mary. She was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of King David. Gabriel appeared to her and said, Greetings, favored woman. The Lord is with you. Confused and disturbed, Mary tried to think what the angel could mean. Don't be afraid, Mary, the angel told her, for you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus. 
He'll be very great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him a throne of his ancestor David, and he will reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. Mary asked the angel, but how can this happen? I'm a virgin. The angel replied, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you so the baby to be born will be holy and he will be called the Son of God. What's more, your relative Elizabeth has become pregnant in her old age. People used to say she was barren, but she has conceived a son and is now in her sixth month for the word of God will never fail. Your translation may say, and I like it better in other translations, for nothing is impossible with God. I wanna just point out to you tonight that we have these two divine encounters just months apart. One is to a priest who is qualified by heritage. He's got the right genes. He's got the right training. He's been equipped. He's been prepared his whole life to follow God. He's been prepared to step out his, his whole life in faith. And this other divine encounter is with this young teenage girl. Mary would have been 14 or 15 years old at the time. This uneducated, unequipped, vulnerable young girl. And there's a stark contrast between how the two of them process faith in their life. Zachariah says, I need a sign. I need to see something from you ahead of time to demonstrate that I can trust what you're about to do in my life, God. Mary asks a question. She says, how can it be I'm a virgin? She doesn't ask for a sign from God. She simply asks for direction. And some of us, we need to actually stop asking for a sign from God and just simply ask for direction. It's a logical question of hers. I'm a virgin. I'm not yet married. What do you want me to do, God? <laughs> How is this thing gonna go down? What, what is next for me? I need direction. I'm not looking to the future here. I just want to know the next move. I just want to be faithful and obedient with the next thing you're asking me to do. So what you're saying is impossible. But I'm going to leave the impossibility in your realm and up to you, God. I just want to know, what do you want me to do? What's the next thing that you're asking from me? How do I respond in faith? And so this young, vulnerable, uneducated teenage girl responds to God with greater faith than this man who had been trained his whole life in the church. Our religious experiences don't qualify us in God's sight, it's faith that qualifies us. Mary steps out in faith and trust, not even sure, not even fully comprehending, I'm sure, the, the logical consequences of her decision. In the ancient Near East, a young teenage girl getting pregnant before she was married was absolutely scandalous. 
Mary had no clue what was about to take place. She had no clue the pain and the suffering that her life would incur because of her faithfulness, but that was not going to stop her from responding to God in faith. Isn't it amazing that God just simply wants a yes, I'm willing from you and I tonight. All that he needs to work with in our life is yes, I'm willing. God, I don't even know if I believe in you. I don't even know what to think about this whole Jesus thing and this whole virgin birth thing. I'm not sure what to even believe about the church and I don't know if I'm crazy about the church as an institution and we have so many things on the list that we can go down that disqualify faith in our life and all that God is looking for, all that Jesus is looking for from us tonight is just simply, I'm willing. I don't even know what the result of this will be, but I'm willing. And this angel Gabriel ends his conversation with Mary by reminding her that you may face opposition, Mary. You may face limitation. You may face discouragement. You may face um, insurmountable odds. But there is nothing that is impossible with God. I'm going to invite the worship team to come back. I just want to encourage you tonight, wherever you're at in your faith journey, whatever the holidays and Christmas time is like for you, that God isn't limited by your limitations. God isn't limited by your disappointments and your shame and your regret and your fear. He's not limited by the things that, that cause you to, to stop in fear, he's not limited by the things that, that consume your mind. He's not limited by your limitations. And he's not nervous about tomorrow for your life. Jesus hasn't had a nervous day in his whole life. If you want to know how confident God is in his ability to provide for you, to lead you, to direct you, to sustain for you, to provide for you. If you want to know how confident God is. He sent his son as a baby, a completely vulnerable little child, knowing that all of the kingdom of darkness, all of the devil and every demon in hell was looking to kill this little child. God sent his little child, Jesus, as a baby, completely dependent on those around him, completely vulnerable, completely in the hands of God. That's how confident God is in his ability to do things in your life that you could never dream or imagine. He's so confident in himself that he'll leap any wall and he'll burst through any door and he'll conquer every sin and every regret and every failure, every missed opportunity in your life is nothing for God. Nothing is impossible for him. And he demonstrated his total confidence in himself with this little child, exposed and vulnerable, 
totally dependent. And surely if he could do that, the things that you've been praying for and longing for and seeking for, the things that keep you up at night, surely those are not impossible for God. And maybe you're like Zachariah tonight and you've been praying for something for years, maybe decades. And you're so close to wanting to give up, to throw the towel in, to resign yourself to this belief that God doesn't listen or he doesn't care or he's not strong enough or he, he doesn't love you enough. Maybe you're like Zachariah. And maybe you just need to go to that place of prayer again, knowing that God is listening, that one day God may show up in a supernatural way and answer the very prayers that have been stirring in your heart for so many years. Don't give up and don't lose faith. And maybe you're like Mary and you feel completely unqualified. You feel completely out of your depth. You're overwhelmed by what's going on in life and in the world around you. Everything is caving in and you're being suffocated by everything going on in life. And maybe what you just need to say is, God, what is next? God, I'll do anything. Just give me direction. I don't need a sign from you right now. I just need direction. I just need to know tomorrow, God, what do you want me to do? As we just look at these two men and women of faith, Zachariah and Mary, we see that the, the component of faith was essential in their life. But what Zachariah, what Zachariah lacked that Mary had was the kind of character that is formed in faith. Zachariah had all the external things going on for him. He could tick every box off. But what he needed was the hand of God on his character. He needed to allow God to just do the little things in his life and in his heart. He needed to allow himself to be vulnerable with God for long enough for God to just come in and work in his heart and build faith. So tonight, instead of wondering about that huge thing that's weighing on your heart, wondering about that big thing that's coming up, what if we just said, God, we're available? And any little thing that you wanna do in our heart and in our life, any way you wanna build our character first, we're willing to allow you to do it. Because we know that our character, what's happening in our soul and in our heart is the foundation for the work of God in our life. It's the very thing we need. We hope that you are challenged and inspired by what you heard today and that you're willing to allow God to work in and through your life in bigger ways this week. We'd love to stay connected with you on social media, facebook.com slash mountainparkchurch and instagram.com slash mountainparkchurch. Finally, if you have a story of how God has been working in and through you, we'd love to hear it. 
Just email us at mystory@mp.church and tell us how God has been working in your life lately.